Hey y'all, it's F. Hey, it's Sam. Here it's Ray. It's your girl Legs. Hey, it's Chrissy J. And welcome back to Melanated Aces. It's electric. Yo, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Wait, what was that topic we wanted to talk about that we just stopped? White people can't dance. Yo, I'm trying. I really, I would really love to know why they can't. Like, I don't understand. Some can, but like the vast majority of blondes cannot dance, and I just be staring. I'm like, why can't you catch it? Like, we can catch it so easy. I think you got to honestly. I really think that you have to be born with rhythm. I am wholeheart. I really think that. But is it a gene or something? No. Yeah, it totally is. It totally is. I don't know. Christelle says it's a gene. Christelle says it's a gene. Samantha says it's not. Because some of my family members can't dance. And if it wasn't for for one of my sides of my family, I don't think I'd be able to dance either. I think it's like, okay, you have a party. Let's see who can dance or not. Like a family party. And that's it. Because my son can't dance. Me, dancer. How? No, he should have that trait. I think it's a... He He danced just like his father. No rhythm, nothing at all. I think it goes back to our ancestors. It's genetically. Yeah, because... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know, but then when you think about it, it's like the island women, like, can't nobody whine like the island women? And it's like, well, what is it about us that can whine that, like, other, you know, races can't? But I studied. I studied that whine. I studied that wine. So, you see, you had, you been born, had you been born somewhere else, you wouldn't get the chance to, and you probably wouldn't be able to do it. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, we're born with rhythm. Right. Like, you learn how to dance. Like, you learn dance moves and things. That's different. Those are two different things. But we have the yeah. rhythm. When we hear a beat, it naturally flows it's in naturally. our bodies. Exactly. And our system. Exactly. Dancing is a language. And mm-hmm. with that, like, there's movement. Like As Christelle said, we instantly, we hear it. I, I read a comment one time on Twitter where it said, when Black people say, you feel me, mm. don't take it lightly. It's deeper than you feel me. Like, we say mm-hmm. it for a reason because there's something, when you say, like, you feel me, and this is why others might not understand that term. But when we say, like, mm-hmm. you feel me, it's deeper because it's something within us. It's a rhythm. It's a movement within us, like, deep down. Like, for you to actually comprehend and feel exactly, like, what I'm feeling or what I am expressing, whether that's verbally or whether that's through my physical movements. But I would say that dancing and rhythm, it definitely has to do with race, culture, and our appreciation and respect like it's all tied into our roots yeah you hear you hit the nail right on the head because um you said that you read that comment or something like that and i actually had this conversation that exact conversation about um about that with my with one of my brothers as they were talking about it, the, the whole interaction with us when we say do you feel me like you were saying shanae and that's so true like it's much deeper than that like it's literally like do you feel me like do you mm-hmm. feel my those vibrations and everything like that it goes back super super deep so in conclusion <laughs> it's just not in the white people's you know i'm sorry uh, white people because y'all they just don't funny. have the rhythm it's like when you find one that knows how to dance you're just so captured and like fascinated but like you see another black person dancing it's like yeah you're supposed to but a white person on the dance and not know how to wine, it's just like, wow, you 
you got rhythm. But yeah, it's something that I've always like questioned in my mind as I'm watching them dance. Because yeah. it doesn't mean that white people technically can't dance, you know. But when it comes to especially our type of music and genre, it's hard for them to catch the beat. They skip it, like they skip that. Um, and sometimes it's difficult. And now if you're trying to teach a routine or a certain movement, that's difficult because they can't hear that beat. Y'all ever watch like Shallow Hal? <laughs> And what mm-hmm. he sees is, like, different from what everyone sees. It's, like, they hear something completely different from what, like, we hear. Like, they can't hear that beat. Mm. Y'all, so I did something yesterday. Oh, I woke up yesterday. I worked. I received an email. And by the end of the day, I walked out of a dealership with a 2020 car. You know? Oh I, I got myself a nice car. Whoa! I know! I Congrats, did. Brody! I, I had no okay. intentions of changing out my car. Like, none. Um, well, I can't drive your car now. What? Oh, yeah, because it's brand new. Girl, I'm scared to drive it. And um, it's probably bigger. No, it's just... Look, so, I got an email. Because I, I had a t- 2014 Honda CRV. I got an email from my dealership saying, Evelyn, we want your car. We'll pay you top dollar for it. We'll pay off your previous loan for it, whatever. Hmm. Um, just my details. And I went in and the numbers look good. The situation, because I had a, remember my white Ford truck that I had before? That the truck I had? Yeah. Leaving that situation jacked me up. Like I was paying so much on that 2014 Honda, uh, Honda CRV. It was ridiculous. But essentially, me getting out of that 2014 uh, Honda CRV put me in a better situation. So, like, when I want to get my dream car, it's easier for me to do that. So, I have like a black on black 2020 Honda CRV, and I'm so excited. Oh, yeah. I, I was like, oh my God, it's just like a nice little birthday gift to myself. But, like, yeah, I had no intentions of getting a car. I was perfectly content with the one I had, it didn't give me no issues. Hondas are great cars. Um, but yeah, it didn't give me no issues. I didn't have any work that needed to be done on it. I just got the email and the opportunity fit itself and I got a new car. Oh, that is awesome. Happy birthday. Congratulations. Yeah. Thanks, Absolutely. Have you driven it a lot or no? No. So I mm. test drove a white one and then I was like, well, I'm not leaving here with no white car. I want a black car. And so they found a black car and I could have left like it was crazy I didn't I had no intentions of leaving with a new car I just went to go talk to them but there was a, oh no we have a black one here um but because they didn't have dealer plates for the car I had to, I have a loaner so they're gonna call me and let me know when it's ready but yeah I signed the paperwork yesterday it took four hours for me to get out of that car so mm-hmm. they take so long but that's exciting Girl, uh, well first of all because it was I had to negotiate with the price because I'm like I'm not paying this sorry so, Good for you for advocating. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited. Uh, nice birthday treat to myself. Uh, so yeah, got a brand new car, guys. Like fresh off the lot, no mileage on it. Ooh. Yes. Yes. That is awesome. That is really good. I can't wait to see it. Girl. Me too. I'll see you next Yeah. Yeah, we'll all see it then, huh? Yes. Yeah. Shanae, where you at now? In a dungeon? What is this? <laughs> What, what is this? It looks like a, what is that? A scary ass corridor that I would not want to walk down. That's like the, um, what's that movie with Daniel Boulier? The famous one? Like, oh. y'all know, get, I don't know get name. you, get me. That yeah. scary movie with, um, Get Out? Yes. That's what I kept saying. I was like, get you, get me, get out. 
get you, get me, get us, get together. Yeah, I, girl. And you said the name. I'm like, I have no. I'm so bad with names. I would have never known. Oh my god, y'all remember when we dressed up as men? Yes. I know we talked. I know we talked yes. about it. So, but yes, that, that was, was like one of my favorite. Epic. I think that's the only time I ever dressed up for Halloween. Actually, that was great. So that was the epic Halloween. You know what's crazy? I haven't seen that picture pop up in my own memories. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't seen it, so I don't know what day it was because um Halloween's today. Man. I love Halloween. I've been watching scary movies all month. Ooh, I'm about to watch scary movies after we get off this call. Yeah. I'm gonna watch Child's Play. Ooh, it's a date. Oh, you wanna watch it? Yes. It's a date. It's a date. But I realized that one that came out now is like not as scary. So I'm like, nothing is as scary because we have people in the world who will complain about all the little things. So God forbid someone tries to go walk up and stab someone in the movie. Oh my God, that's too gory. Yeah, well, that's a different genre. No, no, right. That's what you we. That's what we say. But everyone complains about everything. So we're never gonna get a legit scary movie anymore. I can't tell you the last scary movie I've watched. I, I feel like all of them have sucked. They're not giving me scary. I love a good scary movie. Yeah. And I can't find one that's been like really good for me to sit there and watch. Nothing has it like so cheesy, like shake. You know how you jump? I haven't jumped. Yes. Nothing shakes the table. Yeah, shaking the table. Shaking the table. That was hard. <laughs> All right, so y'all know what time it is. She didn't just say they were fun, and she didn't just say they were a fact. She said they were fun facts. So there's a way that you could tell if you buy a case of eggs. You could tell if the egg has gone bad or not. So you ever buy a case of eggs and some of them, like, they're not all unison as far as color? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it could be a sign that the egg has gone bad. So if you take an egg and you place it in a bowl or, like, cup of cool water, if it sinks onto its side, it's perfectly fine. If it sinks and stands on its smaller end, it's still edible. Uh Wait, can you repeat that again? If you put it in a bowl of water and do what? So basically, if it floats, it's bad. Okay. But if it yeah. sinks, it's good. And and it says fresher eggs have less air underneath their shells, which is why they sink to the bottom. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now that is interesting. That is interesting. I'll definitely be taking some of these eggs out the fridge. I heard that before. <laughs> I've definitely heard that before. You heard this before? Yeah. yeah. But I didn't even know. I've never... No. Even when I used to, I mean, when I used to eat eggs or whatever, or I go buy eggs for uh, my aunt or someone. If I see that a color is like even a little off, I don't even think twice. I'm just like, you know, it's like two parents having four kids and each four kids is like different complexions, different hair color, different eyes. Like, that's how I see it. I never, I never viewed it as maybe like one could possibly necessarily really be bad. But yeah, it's just an easy way to buy placing it in cool water. Cold water, okay. Yeah. Can you imagine you buy a whole carton and all of them things float? Take that whole thing back quickly. (laughs) (laughs) These eggs don't have enough air. (laughs) Damn it. I hate her. I have a question. Why do people take the white part out of the egg when you crack it open? Why do people take the white part out? Is this a question or is this a joke? It sounds like the way you said it. (laughs) No, it's a question. There's no joke. Yeah, I take the white thing out of the the egg when I'm I'm sorry. I don't even know how to say it in English. I just it's know the it is. It's the oh. It's the eye. That's not the eye. How you know? Wait, so are you asking us a question or do you have a yeah. fact? 
No, I'm asking a question. I because I I learned I like learned it and I'm like disgusted. I don't eat egg. Period. So you have a fun fact for us. Wait, hold on. Time out. Time out. Not a fun fact. Time out. Time out. Time out. You learned what that we take the we take people take the white part out. But why do you say it's not the eye though? Do you know what it is? Mm-hmm. What that is mean, it? You used a fun fact. <laughs> Raven, you confusing us. It's, we... <laughs> it's what? It's sperm. Oh. Girl, we eat sperm every day. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> really? I'm sorry. Ooh. Are you having any breakfast, lunch, and dinner? JK, JK, guys, JK. Um, <laughs> But nah, um, my mother, since I was a kid, and my aunt, they like in my, they look at you crazy if you don't take the white part out. They never really tell me mm. what it is, but it's like, oh, it's el pool pakri or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, that's I, what my mom says too. Yeah, so I don't know, even know what that. Means. I don't know what that means in English. <laughs> it's just so. like, right? So I, every time I'm, if I got to crack twelve eggs, I'm going individually. Mm-hmm. Every crack, egg, every egg I crack, I take that white part out she was like you don't take the white part out i was like what's the white part Girl. she was like yo look it up so i looked it up and i and i told her i was like oh google said it's extra protein girl and she said, yeah it's extra protein she said think about it how is the egg formed so i'm like what you mean how is that <gasps> oh <laughs> my god well, i don't know about that i've never been told um this is the first time I'm ever hearing that it's the sperm. Um, it doesn't even make sense why the sperm would like still be visible or alive like that. So I don't know about that. Um, I just don't see why the sperm will be still be like on the egg. That don't really make sense to me. But I've always been taught to take it out. My brother used to tell me it's the eye, like it's the eye of the egg. So take it out. I don't know if that's necessarily true either. I just know it's something to always take out. It's called the chalaza. There are two of them. I found something that says the baby's chicken umbilical cord and it's not the chicken sperm or a beginning embryo either. You say it's the umbilical cord? No, the, no. the article that I'm reading is saying these these three things. It's not. It's not the chicken's oh. umbilical cord. It's not the chicken sperm and it's not the beginning of an embryo. It but it's called, it's, called a, yeah, a chalaza. it's called a chalaza. Yeah, a chalaza. It's called a chalaza. It's totally normal and safe to eat. If you study the anatomy of an egg, you'll notice two twisted strands on both sides of the yolk connected to the inside of the eggshell. Oh, yeah, that's true. I've seen that. And that's what you're looking at when you see those not looking stringy bits. Oh. oh. It's a sign that an egg is fresh and safe to eat. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, look at the more pro- the more prominent the string is, the fresher the egg. Well, look at these folk tales. It says the, it, it, it kind of tell t- ties into um, what Shanae said about the egg. You know, if it floats or whatever, it says the chalaza tends to disappear as an egg ages. So if you don't see at least one string in your raw egg, it's likely growing stale. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Wow. That is culture is something. I find it interesting. Interesting one that. Raven was that she wasn't aware either, but for our like Caribbean parents, it's not the fact that they really told us to take it out, but it's like the notion of that <laughs> this thing, whatever it is that's inside the egg, is so bad. Like, mm-hmm. and if you consume it, which when we go out to eat and you eat Chinese food and their fried rice that has egg in there, how you know they've taken the damn thing out? 
And where did they, they, I feel like they always have some cultural thing that's like way off the spectrum, like really lacks a sense of like education and knowledge. No, exactly. And they, just, they just be making up stuff on the fly, I swear. I mean, it's, it's things literally passed, passed down. Yeah. yeah. From generation to generation. So it's hard to go back and say, wait, who started this? Like, who said this? And then it just stuck. Because, I mean, because even with us naturally growing up, there's things that we do that you may notice or not notice that comes from just little things that were told to our parents or things that were done to us, like the way we put on um, moisturizer on our face, the way we cook something, the way we make our beds, like these Mm -hmm. are all things that we learn from our parents, our um, grandparents, aunts, uncles, people that raised us in a lot of ways. And so just natural. Listen, I can't even make spaghetti without onions and peppers. My mother will cuss me out. Okay. It's like, well, they don't make it. Right. Huh? Exactly. But like I've seen tons of people make it without onions and peppers. Like mm-hmm. my mother, like, I, I was probably a teenager, but she's like, who makes spaghetti without onions and peppers? Blah blah, blah. like rash me because I didn't put it in. Like, so now <laughs> it's instilled in me that I can't make spaghetti without onions and peppers. But I know I've eaten uh spaghetti without those things in it. Me cooking it, I can't do it. I don't put onions and peppers in my spaghetti. Yeah. I'm exactly. Making Haitian spaghetti. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly, yeah. The only time I put it in my spaghetti is I will put it in the sauce. Yeah, like, like it's, mm-hmm. it's, I'm not putting it with the noodles. It's like when I'm uh, making right. the, the sauce and the meat or whatever's going in oh, there, okay. I put the oil and I, I fry the, the, the onions and peppers together and I cook it up. But like, she's like, yeah, you need to do that when you're cooking spaghetti. So, you know, mm-hmm. never, unless I'm making Haitian spaghetti. All right, ladies, question. How do you feel about predominantly white institutions and historically black college and universities? Do you feel like it has changed you? Do you feel like things would be different if you went to uh, HBCU? Do you feel like it makes a difference whether you go to one or the other on certain things and what may what may it affect or change about you? Well, I can start by saying if I went to HBCU, I would have had 10 more of these. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So let's just be grateful. And And she, by these, she means kids. (laughs) Let's be grateful and thankful I have one. I do think there's a difference, but for me and looking at like my learning style and everything, I wouldn't have survived in an HBCU. It's too big. It's a lot going on. You know, I feel like everybody had a name for themselves or something like side notes not all hbcus yeah there's some of them are small <laughs> no, i think delaware no, small. Are true. but see okay so then that's very my small. ignorance that's my ignorance because then all i know is the big the howards like, the hamptons the, the morehouse yes. you know the bigger that's names but there are smaller uh HBCUs. i've never I, i've never knew that you, you yeah. see so i always when looking into colleges I always just went for something small and something private. But because did you bring a, a, sorry. Oh no, it's okay. A because I knew I would get in, and B I knew they would give me more money compared you, to me. You bring up HBCU. a good point because honestly, I didn't know about the smaller HBCUs. I just heard about the Howards and the Hamptons and the, like the bigger ones. Like I wish that those were promoted more. Um, like because I don't, I don't remember being in high school meeting with my advisor. And they had like, and I don't even know if that's even a thing to do, but like to separate the two, it's like, here's a list of PWIs and here's a list of HBCUs. Like mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't see that. 
as an option. Mm-hmm. I just saw what I had in front of me. Oh yeah, th- these are your state schools or whatever. Boston ain't got no freaking um, HBCU. So I wasn't thinking about, well, first of all, I did want to leave the state. I did want to go to a, a school down south, but I wasn't even thinking HBCUs. I just wanted to get out of the state. Um, but I think had, had I been educated in high school, with my advisor and they told they gave me the options I probably would have like leaned more towards going to an HBCU but my advisor was like she wasn't that much helpful so um, yeah I'm gonna piggyback off of you Ev because I mean we both went to the same high school and I'm pretty sure we probably had the same counselor she Mm -hmm. she never left no but one thing I want to note on my personal experience is that I, to be quite honest, I didn't know about HBCUs. Mm. That's not something that was ever brought up to me. I didn't know there was a such thing mm-hmm. or a difference mm-hmm. between HBCUs and PWIs. I didn't know there was a name to it. I just knew of schools. There are mm-hmm. school colleges to apply to, and that's what I was going to do, apply to schools. Um, I wanted to go out of state, but my mom wasn't going to let me, to be honest. Okay. So, um, <laughs> my mother so, bribed me with a car. That's how she was able to make me stay, even though she put no insurance on it. At least she got bribed. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I just applied to the schools in Massachusetts, and that was that. But I honestly didn't learn about HBCUs until I was in college. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait, there's a, there's a difference. There's, there's a school for just Black, predominantly Black people? What? Like, that's a thing? And when I used to watch, and then I started watching more shows, which would highlight HBCUs. And I'm like, wow, this is. Some BT shows and Springlings or Springlings, whatever. Yeah. They would have all these show, uh, colleges and they would have all these segments and you would see the. Mm-hmm. And Grant, did I used, well, actually, no, I watched, what's that show? A Different World. That's what made me aware yeah. of HBCUs. I was but like, I had already graduated from college. I was done. Mm-hmm. And when I saw them with the shirts, I was like, oh, wow, look at these. But I saw it on tv way too late yeah um, i just didn't learn about it until much later but i also don't think that would have i'm not sure if that would have yeah changed my decision on what school i would have went to i'm not sure if i would want to go to an hbcu to be honest like thinking, even today or just then as a christelle as an 18 year old i would say christelle as an 18 year old um i think there's a lot of benefits to an hbcu that i would love mm-hmm. but i mean maybe even christelle now i'm not too short mm. i would apply to just hbcus or something rather than there so um mommy you brought up a, a good point of how like your advisor never said anything or mentioned to you about hbcus or even the smaller ones so how i found out about Mount ida was Mount ida came to my high school you did like yeah well, they do I be had, taking these trips they didn't come I to had us someone. no <laughs> We I had someone come from Massachusetts, Mount, little Mount Ida, come all the way to Falmouth and competing against all these other big schools mm. that were there for our college fair. So the fact that they even did that, I was like, eh, all right. I, first off, no, I didn't say all right. I looked right past them like, no, we're not going there. <laughs> and I went everywhere else until Raven ain't had nowhere to go to. And that was her last resort. Um, If there's small HBCUs, I would never know because they come to my high school. And my high school is one of, you know, it's not the top, but it's one of the top high schools in the Bronx and I've never ever heard of or seen any small HBCU step foot into my high school and that's promote a, themselves. That's a great thing like when you think of college fairs and I don't I'm trying to think if they had it at uh, the high school we went to Avon I don't think so but like when I think of college fairs I don't be hearing I don't know if that's the case or the case for Shanae or Sam but like with college fairs did 
did HBCUs ever attend those for your schools? Did you guys ever even have a college fair? Yeah, I didn't have a college fair. They, I went to the Burke. It's one of the, you know, ghetto schools in Boston. And mm-hmm. they were, like, shoving UMass Boston down our throats. Like, they're like, you sure you don't want to go to UMass Boston? You want to get, I don't know if they have, like, you know, some kind of business with them. But I was like, I am not going to UMass Boston. Like, it was, and it's, like, commuter friendly. So I think they, they were trying to push that, too. But it, I like to your point they never hbcus never came to boston i don't think that they thought black people were in boston to be honest That's now that i'm true. thinking mm-hmm. about it mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. if raven didn't see it and she's in new york city we didn't see it and we're in massachusetts i just don't think that they were hitting up here you know yeah. and but then i'm thinking now we're in a we're in a we're in massachusetts we have the harvards we have bc mm-hmm. but i don't think i don't know if they thought that you know maybe because we had that then we wouldn't be interested in HBCUs. For me, I've known about HBCUs. I watched a different world at an earlier age. You know, my family's from Alabama, so I kind of know more about, a little bit more about black colleges. I don't know a whole lot, but I knew a little bit more. And in my mind at 14, I was like, I'm going back down south. Like I knew that that's what I wanted to do. But it looks like when it came down to money, that's where it was like, how are you going to afford that? I saw the in-state versus the out-of-state. Mm-hmm. It was it was, uh, it was a very big difference. Yeah, I do think had I went down south, I think my life would have been different. I, I still say that to this day. I think that I literally probably would have been married. I would have had kids by now. I do think my life would have been different. I think I would have maybe pledged. I think I don't know. I think that sometimes I feel like what honestly, and this sounds like weird, but what I look like belongs down South. I always say that. And I feel like that's just where I would have probably thrived a little bit more there. I wouldn't feel so much of an outcast as I once felt like. I think that at Ida, I don't think that I was, if it wasn't for my personality, I probably would have fell to the back. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um, I don't feel like, I just feel like I would have been a little bit more wanted at an HBCU. That's true. You know, but I don't even, I never sat back and looked at my eye like, oh, this is a PWI. I don't know, maybe because yeah. of people. I yeah, don't think I, so either, no. Okay, because, well, are there only two categories then? Is it PWIs and HBCUs or are there other categories? Because when I when I look at Mount Ida, if you look at it statistically, then yes, it is a, there's it a is whole a bunch of white people. But I feel like because, crazy. yeah, but I feel like the way we, I don't know, we're surrounded was, no, by the, other the, people. The issue was more so with Mount Ida. Mount Ida is definitely a PWI. The amount of white kids that was on that campus compared to black kids was a big difference. The thing is, is that a good amount of the white people did not go to the event. Mm, so it, made, it, mm. it showed that the small amount of black people that were there, Feel it, like looked, it made it look yeah. like, wow, there's a lot of black people, that's a lot of yeah. people of like, color yeah. that is at this school. But in general, like that school was absolutely a PWI. Um, right. yeah. That's a, a good one. I, I even think about one of my roommates that I had my second year at Ida. She never went anywhere. She used to be like, you're always out there. Like, da-da-da. she lived on <laughs> you're campus. You're always out there. She's <laughs> like, you're always <laughs> out there. Da-da-da. She would just literally stay in her room, play video games, do her homework, and you will only see her if she's going to the calf Carlson or class and then that she's in her room and just think about anyone else maybe that had certain majors or just was antisocial or didn't feel like social black people and this goes back to what we spoke about earlier majority of us we just love being out seen and about yeah and then whatever music parties that's us like we're that there. is absolutely factual mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. I didn't even look at it that way because it, for, to me I'm like oh this was like my four years there were great or five, whatever. It was great. Like I was surrounded by black people. Yeah, that was white, but I was cool with it. But you are absolutely right. Them people, like the white people did not show up for anything unless maybe it was maybe a sporting yeah. event or something. But like 
the parties mm-hmm. and stuff like that we threw. But it's funny because <laughs> it was always the Black people that were involved in, like, the planning of events. So we always do events that we knew that would draw the Black people in, even though it wasn't trying to separate it. But we just threw on events that we just thought was fun. And maybe... And um, wanted our friends there and stuff. Yeah. yeah. They would come... I feel like other people non-black people would show up to like the day events like yeah. maybe yes. homecoming like mm-hmm. the football game but when mm-hmm. it came to at night and maybe them comedy shows or those parties yeah far and few between yeah Ooh, that that is so true. drunk that they wouldn't even be able to show up true because they be that is sloppy. So you find them in a courtyard you find them like passed out other places so they don't make it out the door you're right they never make it out the door <laughs> listen there was, right. there was one event i forget who threw it and it was like a video game night. The amount of white people I've seen at that event, it was like some like tournament <laughs> thing. And I when I walked that. into Shaw yeah. and stuff, and it went on for like a week, a competition and thing. Yeah. And I was like, damn, what's <laughs> all up in here? That's I what I mean. Like, they were in there like geeking, like getting really into it and everything. And I was like, oh snap, it's real in here. But they come out, but they like roaches. They only come out certain times. <laughs> Right. That is so true. That's what I meant. Yeah, that's what I meant by like the people that were involved in planning events. They looked like us, and so we were like, you know, out there. But for them, I don't know. But and 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 that's the thing, because in our reality, they had their peoples, and they had their peoples that was Mm -hmm. on organizations. But they were taught it was hard for them to draw their their own people out. Yeah, (laughs) it was hard. It was like pumpkin carving. Like yeah, only like when you caught them like during the day. Only day events would would get them. That would that was really it. It It So funny and interesting. Right, because when I really think about it, when Say was talking, they only come out during the day, and then you would come out at night. It's I'm thinking of like spring, um, spring weekend. Uh when we would have it would start early in the day for those who like help coordinating and stuff like that i would be out there i'm like oh there's like it's gonna be so boring during the day what we really care about is the night events yes and so so during the day you would see like a bunch of us you know sprinkled well not even sprinkled black people barely here and there but the majority was the white people who are outside you know like enjoying the sun sun. yes (laughs) even for the football even for the football (laughs) games when you look in the stand on the football games, it was a lot of white people. Like, yes. yeah, yeah, always showed up on time. That's why you couldn't get no seat. That, like, yo, we always popping up second half on the sideline right. or after the game. <laughs> after the game, I was gonna say after the game is when I would show up. After, after the, game, the after the show, Jesus. After the game, we were there. <laughs> but I mean, granted, not me. I was there from the beginning to the end. But yeah, I feel like we was really showing up for the basketball games, though. No, 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 the black night. people showed up for the, the black people showed up for the basketball <laughs> games without that a doubt. Night. We, we but, leave campus. You know, I, I would say that was a 50-50 setting. Um, yeah. the basketball games, but the football games, that thing, it was filled with yeah. white people. I, I like I There's said, I, I half the times I didn't want to get out of bed either, but I was, it was there too to early for me. Ex- Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was except there was early. that one time, and it was a sprinkle of us. We went to what's our what was that rival team? Maritime or something? Yeah, and then it was raining. I remember I was I wearing was a track bag. Yes, and it was muddy. We had like we it had was mad cold. A bleacher. We had one bleacher. Everybody, yeah. the whole other school was under this like huge like whatever, and we're sitting there in this like mud. In why did we go? That was 2011. I was the one that organized the whole bus transfer for that. No, nah, I don't think it was 2011. I think it was earlier. No, it, it was, was earlier. It was my, it was it was earlier. my freshman no, year. I, no, I'm, Heidi, I, remember, was, I took a picture. Heidi was still in school with us. 
It was my freshman year. We went because oh, I went there. Was one, it, there was one in 2011 where it snowed like crazy. Oh yeah, it was a snowy girl. Uh-uh. And me and me and an ex friend, um, we got some boys to let us into their dorm. And during half of the other time, school of the other school and we used their dryer. We literally took our jackets, our gloves off. We went down to their washer room and we used their dryer, threw our jacket and our socks in there real quick. And Girl. Y'all crazy. <laughs> That's so it was bad. It was intense. It was intense. Huh? And, and I love my experience at Mount Ida. I loved it. Like everything happened for a reason. I was meant to meet you ladies. I was meant to go to that school, but a part of me, like Sam, felt like I belonged at an HBCU. I would have been on a, some sorority line. I would have been married with children. Like I, And I felt like I would have really thrived down there. Yeah. Um, so a part of me, like even I, when I thought of grad school, I considered HBCUs, but um, I don't know. I just, I don't know. For some reason with grad school, I was like, I, I don't feel like I feel like you get the experience as an undergrad, but grad school is like all business. I don't know. I just thought it a little bit different for grad school to go to an HBC. I feel like I would have missed out. I missed out already on the experience for undergrad. I agree. agree. I'm right with you, E. For me personally, uh, my experience was I knew about HBCUs in high school, but not fully. But I knew because there was a few other uh, people of color that was looking into them as well. My my high school did have college fairs. We had tons of college fairs, but I don't recall seeing any HBCUs at them or whatever. There was a point in time where I, start, I started to do my research and I almost went to Shanae College, which is a small HBCU on this side of the world. And I did, I was intrigued by, because all the girls that was attending, they were all applying to Spelman. And Spelman mm. didn't really like pull my no. attention that much. I thought it was cool, but I was just like, Ugh. and then I found out about um, NCAT, um, mm. A&T in North Carolina, and I applied there, and I got in, and I was so pumped, and I was like, yeah, you know, I'm ready to go, like to the HBCU. Skr, skr, come back. <laughs> my parents was like, HBCU, why you want to be around so much black people? <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> Diversity is good. And I was like, yeah, I've been in like diverse schools like my whole life, like, you know? And then because my dad has experience like being on the road and touring for years, you know, then he go plant a seed in my mom's head. And he's like, you know, when I was on the road touring and of like a lot of the, the black girls there, um, they were strippers, like uh, they were, they were strippers and stuff, which, you know, going to NCAT for like homecoming, even to this day, I know that that is like true, like they are in the strip clubs to a certain extent, but I'm just like, you know, that's the least of the apostle because it all, it all comes down, anybody can do anything and you're generalizing one and two, you should be more concerned of the, what you instilled within the household like how mm-hmm. did you raise me do you really think that's what's going to become of me like mm-hmm. you know what I mean and so that was that there was no there was no if and twisting my mm-hmm. mom thought it was at the time she thought it was the most dumbest idea for me to even consider now in this day and age she's like you know I wish she's like oh you could still go to one I'm like it's not the same girl <laughs> I, I can't it's like not the same do I think my life will would have changed yes I agree with Sam I would feel like I would be married I would be with kids I still feel like I would have been a leader on campus because I know mm-hmm. like that's me like that's yeah. me as an individual um, I'm very dominant that way but things would have changed I definitely would have strived to join a sorority and I definitely would have joined a dance line not a mm-hmm. dance team a dance line 
for sure. I love that. You know, for whatever reason, Mount Ida was like literally last minute because they were the only college that was accepting, like, what do you call it? When it's it, rolling, roll, rolling oh, mission, rolling um, oh. like late, late rolling, like late uh, applying. Oh, yeah. And I did it like last minute. Um, then I went to another college. I was like up the road because I was like so mad. So I was just like, I'm just going to go to this like local uh, college over here uh, that was nearby. And I did that for one year. And then I transferred into Moida. It is. But like I said, everything happens for a reason. And like I have you ladies and you guys are still like my core, my foundation. So, you know, it is. And I've thought about it for grad school, but just, I don't know. Listen, I just, I told you I wanted to leave. My mother, and she brought me with a car. But like, my mother even wanted me to stay in Massachusetts and like be a commuter. Like, I was, yeah, she wanted me to live at home. That's why she got the car so I can be a commuter. And the only reason, <laughs> listen, listen, as my mother is a Jesus freak, okay? So the only reason why she agreed for me to stay on campus was because A, my best friend, Nakia, she was also attending. B, because the address was 777, okay? If you know 777, <laughs> seven is the number of completion. And so she was like, okay, you know what? I feel safe. <laughs> <laughs> the Lord must have wanted you to go there. <laughs> so I ended up being a, uh, a resident in Wingate. That's <laughs> so annoying. So. When my mother drove up to Mount Ida the first time and she saw that 777, she was just like, yes, this is a sign. <laughs> She definitely preached something from the Bible real quick to me about the seven. I was seven, like, seven. really, Nicole? First of all, my, first of all, That's my mother funny. even dropped me at college. My mother's probably been to my, my mother never stepped foot into any of my dorm rooms. One, she only been on my campus to either pick me up or graduation day. That's it. Never wow. stepped foot inside of my room, ever. She didn't even move me out. She didn't move me in. She didn't move me out. She didn't do none of that. Dang, bro. <laughs> she let me hang in. But I know some of you guys uh, were able to talk to some people that attended an HBCU. You like let let's hear what their experience was, and I don't know. Did you guys ask some questions, or they just you know wanted to talk about their experience in general? Yeah, I um spoke to I reached out to six people. Only three got back to me. Three women, which was annoying. Um, so shout out to uh, Stacy, Tracy, and Ashton. So the good thing about these women is that they all actually, and they've either went to a PWI in undergrad or they spent time at a PWI at one point and then either went to a HBCU for grad school or, you know, ended up transferring, which was nice. So a lot of them did say like, you know, you, you had a sense of community there and everybody looked like you, like your professors, they all looked like you. Um, the Black experience um, is embedded throughout the curriculum. So everything you're learning lends to the Black community. So you never feel like you're being the only one in a, in a classroom. And I know I, a lot of us have been either the only Black people in a classroom at Ida. And I never felt that. And so I was like, wow, because I came from the birth. So Tracy that went to Spelman said from her first year, they made sure that they knew their history and it made you look at life completely different coming from Boston. She didn't really experience a lot of successful Black people at her age. So it was just a lot. It was having both worlds, which was nice. Um, and the other thing Ashton talked about too was that everybody got dressed. She said that, um, mm. you know, compared to PWIs, you know, we kind of like dress however we want for the most part. So yeah, that's that. so true. That's true. Um, I've seen I feel that. like it, it circles back to our conversation from last week about you wanting the next person to see that you got it or you like you look good or something. Yeah. No, but th- no, but not she even told that. me something different. Hold on. Culturally, she said, when my went to Spelman, her first day, they all had to wear white dresses. Like, so it's definitely within the school. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely within the school first. Like they That's said, too much pressure. 
<laughs> so what Ashton said was she said this uh, this institution taught you how to always be dressed because you never know who you'll run into in school they told us to always dress the part because you never know who, who your professors might bring into the classrooms and who can potentially be your employer so I think it was more of you know opportunity into meeting yeah. people in class you know what I'm saying um, I think I kind of did that future. but like you're meeting black people and you know honestly meeting black people as far as employees is always a connection so i don't blame her and i don't you know and i think that is a thing they always got dressed you know like so i mean i see it from that aspect but to make sure i like have the appropriate attire to wear every single day now remember y'all like y'all saw me what did i wear every day sweat flippers baggy basketball shorts like that's a lot of pressure to have outfits i mean and you don't have to i don't think it was a necessity yeah, it was, right. it's still yeah. a, it's a choice no. they made right no and it's Ashton not a necessity right no it's not a necessity but come on now like everybody around you is dressed in a nine you're going to like nah i have to at least have something you're gonna feel that pressure a little bit because you yeah, yeah i understand like and that's why no raven could not but i get it you never know who's walking into your door. Who could be your employer? That's setting you up for your future and preparing you to be like, this is how you have to present yourself day in and day out. I get that. But my gosh. Ugh, yeah, I think that no. is a lot of to like no. wear like, yeah, for anybody. Listening to your, the comments that you were giving to you, Samantha, just makes me feel some type of way. Because I'm trying to think. Yes, we had faculty that were of color for us. But d- did you guys... Any of you have a black professor? Mm-mm. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's really like, good. Okay. The fact that, you know, I think you said one of them, you know, the first day or the first week or whatever as a freshman at Spelman, they they were taught their history. Yeah. It's like, damn, man. <laughs> like, I'm just down. Like, I'm, I feel like we're so behind on the curve. Like, oh, no. I think we're absolutely behind on the curve. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think, you know, that those that have attended or who have received uh, an education from an HBCU, do they think they, do you think they look at Black people who've received an education at a PWI, like, mm, like probably think they know more or probably better than those who attended a PWI? And I'm talking about only Black people that have attended a PWI. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. I've never really I thought about that it. Too. I wonder if they do think that. I don't know, because if I attended a PWI, and from the minute I walked on campus, y'all was educating me on, like, my history. I don't know, like, I don't know if I can have a conversation with somebody who went to the because it's like, damn, y'all know so much more than we do. We were taught stupid crap that we don't even use today. (laughs) I was going to cuss, but I'm trying to do better, Lord. Um, Weird is when I talked to Stacey, she said, and she went to UMass Amherst and Howard, but she did say, she said, overall, I am happy I experienced both. UMass helped me understand politics and how to maneuver in all settings. Howard made me believe I could do anything. So it's like I said, all these women had, you know, kind of the best of both worlds. But I think that HBCUs can make you really feel like you can conquer this world. And and we're in a world where they're telling us we can't do shit. You know what I'm saying? So I think, yeah, especially now. And I'm sorry. Let's talk about them not having any money or no funding, but the school is still standing and you still have an alma mater to go back to. We ain't got no damn alma mater to go back to. Okay. Okay. Nothing. It can't even put together nothing if we wanted to. Okay. Uh, I ain't got no school. I don't got no elementary. I ain't got no college. I ain't got a grad school. The only school that's surviving, and that's because they went freaking private was my high school. So they are still slim to none. They probably about to close Jesus too. Christ. I have nothing for That's my crazy. son to I have nothing. 
nothing. That's really crazy. You don't have anything? About. Dang, at least I got an elementary school. <laughs> right. I got my high school. I have a high school and that's it. And like I said, because of COVID, let's see how long they stand because they, cost, they are pretty penny to go to. Yeah. And yeah. all their cons with the women I talked to, their cons were, was financial aid. And, oh, oh, wow. Yeah, they said, let me see if there was one there. And it was like building funds um, that had something to do with it too. Um, the cons is financial aid and not having enough money for building funds. A lot of old buildings are on campus and honestly need to be redone. And that's interesting. Um, only cons is the, all the red tape is terrible compared to UMass Amherst. Issues with basic crap like financial aid, obtaining transcripts, and honestly anything administrative. I don't know how to say that. You know, administrative. administrative. Yeah, related seems to take three times longer than quote unquote white schools. Wow. Yeah, interesting. I mean, I can say the good thing. I feel like we would have been, we could have gone to HBCU if we wanted to, right? Because our yeah. our elementary or high school, our middle school, we might have been like surrounded with other already. So like we was kind of a little bit aware and know how to maneuver. So I think it's good if you you have the balance of both. Um, I think America is a very diverse world and it's good to know how to um, move and adjust and talk to everyone that lives in this world as well. Um, I feel like when you're stuck around one set of people, whether it's race or culturally or religion, um, you put yourself in a box. I could have gone to an HBCU because I have my experience already, but like I see the plus of both. But as people of color, I do think it, it's beneficial for us to be amongst our people in the community, especially more so for college, more than anything. The learning experience that I would take away from this or that we as, we as friends should take away from this is that clearly it starts from home mm-hmm. with our children, right? Because a lot of us know HBCU was at our high schools or we didn't know better. Some of us just didn't know at all. We're just clueless. So when we have our children, don't depend on these institutions to, these high school institutions to guide your children into college. Oh. It has, to, it has mm-hmm. to start from the home and we have to create a list of HBCUs, HBCUs and PWIs that we feel like will suit our children and have their best interests at hand that we feel like is molded for them. And then we go along that. I I say that's the takeaway. I think they both have their pros and they both have their cons. But like I said, at the end of the day, it starts at home and we have to make sure we teach and let them know what's actually out there and not expect their high school to tell them. Absolutely. It's like, it's weird because I think that there is maybe a bright side, like Shane said, there's pros and cons because there are schools in Massachusetts where there's like little to none, um, you know, students of color. And I know um, this girl, I know Ashanti, she went to Endicott and it was like racism was on 10. Oh, really? yeah, I almost went there Ooh. yeah and it was like the experience that she had it was awful I think it was awful compared to us and I think we talk about you know a lot there was there was a lot of black people went to events I think that would have been great for her you know compared to what Endicott was giving her so it was like it's weird to think you know I think we talked crap about Mount Ida but I think you know, we were one of the better schools that did have more kids of color. Sometimes I would say mm-hmm. like, oh, we kind of look like a little HBCU here because yeah. we did have a lot of, you know, a lot of things, you know, were for us. I don't, I don't think that, you know, we had the professors that we should have had, but we did have, you know, people of color that were, you know, supporting students, which was nice. And, you know, we had a football team, which, you know, made up a lot too, and the basketball team and things like that. But I guess compared to a lot of other schools in Massachusetts, you know, you could probably count 
black kids on one hand so mm. i think there is maybe some benefit to you know our little school and we were lit i need people to know my idol yes was lit we school. were lit we were no it was to school. the point when i used to go to other schools for their events and probably they were like oh you you go to my idol and they'd be like oh yeah when when y'all come y'all come hard like mm-hmm. i went to a <laughs> lot of schools like big known schools like northeastern events and they're like oh well, heard roll, of us. yeah which was Everybody weird to me of us yeah it was weird like it was like oh like oh we and i don't know if it's because it was that school where older men i always say this older men knew about ida they were like oh i went to mount <laughs> well that's because mount, mount ida had so, a nickname called mount yeah. mattress was it right. yeah. wasn't the best um yeah. it was all girls school yeah, it was yeah, an all-girls school, and they had a bit of a reputation. Yeah. But nonetheless, I really, like, as much as I would have loved to go to the HBCU, I'm pretty happy that I went to Ida. Like, I'm content. There's no, like, regret much. I just wish I still experienced something else still, yeah. but I I think it was a blessing to go there. What I've noticed with those who I know that attend HBCUs or that I've met along the way, they have each other. When It's like when they're excelling for, like, their jobs and their careers, it's like they literally, I don't know if it's, like, resources are given to them upon yeah. graduation more so, mm-hmm. or if it's just, a, like, a relationship that's built amongst the peers it's like they drop gems on each other so it's mm-hmm. like you yeah. see them they're all like entrepreneurs or doing something like i don't know one i'm not saying they're not out there because they probably are but for those who i do know that attend um hbcus like they're all very 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 successful whether mm-hmm. it's them being an entrepreneur or them in a very high corporate um job yeah that's mm-hmm. very true yeah, the perspective that I got was that they enjoyed their experience at the, the HBC that they went to in terms of just the, um, like Shanae, you were talking about the connection that they made, the networking tools, as well as they went in there with, with not too much background about their culture, but came out very cultured at the end of it, which I think is beautiful. And like when Ed was talking about kind of the intimidation with talking to somebody who came who came out of an HBCU. I'm like, I mean, I get that, but at the same time, no, we didn't even get to experience that at the level they did, but I feel like the group of women here on this podcast, we have self-taught ourselves so much that we, we have can- we Absolutely. can definitely have those conversations with those coming out of HBCUs who have been taught by professors and things like that. Um, and I don't think you were trying to say that puts us at a lower level or anything like that. But no. I, don't, I, also, I just want to say that it doesn't, I don't feel like that puts us at a disadvantage. We're very knowledgeable. At the end of the day, people are going to teach us whatever, but it comes down to us going out there and getting our own knowledge. We gotta be proactive. Exactly. I got similar feedback as Sam from her, uh, from the people that she had spoken to from my person. So I feel like a lot of people do have that same experience and they, at the end of the day, I haven't heard anything negative from people who um, have probably attended an HBCU. But again, I don't know a lot of people who have attended an HBCU to really get a full round scope of it. It's just what I hear. And then I see the love of it, especially around homecoming time. Oh my God, the like pride. That, which, didn't it just pass or happening or something? No, I don't think homecoming is uh, happening. It's not happening. But, but it, it should be around this homecoming time. homecoming season, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, no, that's what I mean. I know it's not happening, COVID. Oh. But, um, but yeah. Pride, though. I just admire the pride. Like, just seeing everyone, like, 
Yeah, like, yeah, I went to Howard. Oh, I went to Hampton because I think they're both in the same town or city or something like that. So it's like, oh, it's the real H or whatever. But it's like, they'll compete in that way, but it's all love. Like, they're all in the courtyard just celebrating together and just like so prideful wearing their crew necks that have the name of their school on it. So that's why I'm like, damn, I wish I wish I could wear like a Howard crew neck. Girl, you can. You, you can, can, but like, you it's sure can't you because you sure can. I mean, granted, it's not the same, but when you go up there and you put on one of them shirts, you feel like, damn. You Sure do, cause ain't I'm nobody gonna tell me I didn't attend no ACC. <laughs> no, let me tell you, I put on I put on that T-shirt all the time. I done took selfies in it. I don't care, like <laughs> don't care. When you go there, you feel like you feel welcome there. Like you really feel like okay, like you you can only know one person and you can be right in that courtyard getting them drinks being just as drunk as all these people that went there like that's yeah, the one that thing I, yeah. that's the one thing i do like about hbcus is that you can walk in there and feel like you went there you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying get grab a t-shirt grab a drink and you're in there with them like hey baby what's up like it really is like that like there mm-hmm. is like a i don't know if it's just because you're black you know what i'm saying but mm-hmm. there is some type of like welcoming that at least I experienced when I went to their uh NCAT's homecoming I'm like what like I literally felt like I was welcome there I was yeah I was doing too much but um I still have my t-shirt to this day like and I will always wear it just like my first thing I'll grab because the experience was like that dope but just to shine light real quick uh on what Sam said I completely agree I wear all my gear it's my alma mater but we had went to an event one night and an individual that was with us the night um she was kind of getting a little agitated because the girls like kind of kept bumping her and like I think one person stepped on her toes so she was about to get into a fight and I saw it from a distance in the club by the time I would reach to her like she would already start fighting and swinging all I know is that when she was like she like lifted up her arm to like swing at the girl some guy who she doesn't know from a hole in the wall like came up behind her and like grabbed her arm and like spins her around to start dancing it and by the time like I'm just getting older because I'm like wait who's this guy too because now I'm about to like get in the middle of them but I realized like he came with peace and he was just like oh hey, I can tell that you from up north because he was like we don't do that down here he was like come on just cool down play it off play it off just dance with me just dance with me play it off he was like it's all love here it's it's tight everyone's tight everyone's drunk and people going to step on you. He was like, but I can tell you from up north. And when I heard him saying that to her, I was like, damn. He was like, nah. He was like, we love each other down here. We love each other. Just got an issue. If anything, you just speak about it. But no fighting, no fighting. It wrecks the whole moment for everybody. And I was like, damn, that's real. Yeah, going back to Sinead's point about as our kids like I for sure am going to make sure that they have they know that they have options that they're not limited to what they see in front of them like the Harvard well that's if I'm still in Massachusetts but you know and it- even if I'm down south and all they see is HBCUs I'm gonna tell them okay there are you know some great predominantly white institutions that they can thrive in as well I'm not gonna keep their experience like limited I want them to experience it all as I wish I had so for sure they're gonna get like you know me wishing that I had a counselor give me two sheets of paper not only am I gonna give them the the two sheets of paper I'm gonna school them on all of it like I'm gonna tell them the history I'm gonna tell them you know the benefits of going here going there whatever the case is but I I definitely would I'm gonna pass that on to my kids so they know that they have options so this brings us to the deck where we do talk about our favorite king queen joker and jackass of the week 
My green card goes to my sister, Danielle. I just want to shout you out. She's like so strong. She's always like so supportive of me. She definitely keeps me going, but I just want to give her the queen card because she has a lot of resilience um, and her strength is just, I, I, I just don't know how she does it right now. Um, so sis, I'm just pushing you up. Keep fighting the good fight. And I love you out of this world. Yes, Danielle. We Yay, love you. Love you. We love you, girl. My king card goes to my little brother, um, David, a.k.a. Mishy. Uh, I just want to just send so much love to him. He's just such a gem and takes the time to just be be him, just be wholeheartedly him, and I love him for that. My queen card goes to my supervisor. Um, she had a very, very rough week and yet she still was able to come out on top so i truly truly appreciate her for everything anything that she does for me and this goes to you boo love you um my king card goes to one of our uh loyal supporters mill it is his 30th birthday on Monday. Hey, happy yeah. birthday. One of our supporters for a very long time, probably since day one before we day even one. had our first episode. Um, he gives us feedback um, when very he doesn't like some feedback. very constructive feedback. When he doesn't like something, he will tell us. Um, when he does like something, he will text me a whole conversation while listening. Um, I think you know I appreciate you. Um, he's one. Of, he, this guy, he's he's a he's a mess. But I met him in like a club or whatever. But he's definitely been. Um, a super good friend to me and, you know, a great um, contributor to the Melanated <laughs> Aces podcast. Um, so a, a huge, huge happy birthday to Mel. Love you over here. But happy oh. 30th birthday. Though. Happy 30th. Welcome to the 30 game. Yeah. Have a great birthday. My pink card goes to my mama. Um, we fight like cats and dogs, but she, we hold each other down regardless. That's still my homie. But yeah, thank you, mama, for everything you do for me and my brothers. Um, came into this country with nothing. You're still trying to figure it out, but uh, you don't give up. So I love you and thank you. And you are my queen. Shout out to you, mama girl. Ew, hey. She likes me, which is great. So. Okay. She, she loves us all. So no, mother's okay. not friendly. If she, she doesn't like you, then you just suck as a it's person. It's you. That's the thing about it. It's you. They don't it's like you. you. Not, not her. Yeah, not. They don't like you. They really don't like you. And that's, yeah, there's that's a good it. reason why. It's yeah. not like, they're hella judgmental, but like, my mama, like, if she don't like you, then it's because you, you suck. Yeah. But when they that's like it. you, on oh, you're going to get spoiled. You ain't never lie, because my parents are tough. Okay, yeah. girl, y'all got some tough parents. Let's be real. <laughs> it's just the cultural thing you have. To I got one too, and I'm American. I ain't cultural. Oh, yeah, I got a tough mama tough. too. Hey, yeah. don't. That's why I said y'all. I didn't say, oh, just Christelle and, and then I said y'all. Kim, mm. Kim can be tough she's, too. Yeah, she's scared me Kim a little is bit. Kim, Kim, what? Kim is a solid number two. Like, don't don't sleep on bit. Kim. Don't Kim, oh, I let me tell you. I, I, I was good with Kim before. <laughs> before baby Zay came and then that middle part when we was there for New Year's Christelle knows uh I was like I don't think Kim is ever gonna speak to us ever again because I literally heard that woman tell Raven and I would I remember me Christelle and another ex-friend was in the room at the time and she was just like 
she was like, they ain't gonna be there for you when you have this baby. And I was like, <laughs> we were all like drawn back. Like, no, she didn't just say we ain't gonna be there for Raven. But she was like, she was she was so upset during the moment. She went in and I was just mm. like, damn. And I remember I was like shaking because I was just like, she's so upset and she's upset. Like, we're the one that injected sperm inside Raven. Like, right. Um, but daddy. It's all love now. Like, she see me, mm-hmm. it's hugs and kisses on site. <laughs> And she sees that we were we're still Raven's friends, so she okay. knows what's up. Y'all her wrong. Y'all and had yes. to prove her wrong with that. Y'all had to. Y'all have a choice. Yeah, I do. <laughs> y'all showed her. That's why she respects y'all so much because y'all basically was like, "Yeah, we in your house and your daughter pregnant. Now what? What? What you She likes pregnant. She likes the opposite. Like my mother doesn't like all that sappy stuff. Like you gotta put her down. Um, you gotta put her in her place. And that's what she loves. So the fact that y'all were even there when I had to do that, she just wanted to do that to see who was going to run out the door. Well, make them stay. Because if you say something like that, even if I was on my way out, I'm going to stay now. Priscilla's mom is just sweet. She's I don't so know what to sweet. say. I love yeah. That is my girl, okay? That's she's so girl. sweet. Like, I can see her from a distance. I'm already starting to smile as I approach. Like, she right? just instantly, like, she's just so sweet. <laughs> so sweet. <sighs> I love her. I always asked if I was fed or not. Like, I like when Sam's mom is kind of not yelling because she's not yelling, but she's kind of like snapping at Sam and she, and her accent comes out. She's like, Samantha, like, and then she's like saying like, whatever, whatever. Like, da, 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 da. Nah, I'm just like, yes, girl, give it to me. I'll give it yeah. to her more so. <laughs> no, yeah, and she does that all the time. She doesn't care and her accent comes out. I didn't realize how thick her accent was, but she's just real like, Samantha, why'd you do that? You're not supposed to show your ballot, right? As you're voting. You're not. No. And I saw that. I'm like, no, it's illegal. That makes it invalid. I'm ass. He's yeah, so famous. Invalid. I mean, we could probably show a ballot and not get caught or in trouble, but he's famous. That thing is gonna go viral. It's invalid. But, yeah. yeah. It's invalid. God, he's so stupid. I was like, you're so dumb. And it's like, and honorary jackass to Wayne. I don't know what your intentions were with meeting with that idiot, but whatever. Um, he married girl. Trump. Yes. Oh, I mm-hmm. girl. Because of this platinum plan. Okay, buddy. All right, that wraps up this week's episode. Be sure to check out our new Aces Hour on IGTV and YouTube. Like, subscribe, and share. And we'll see y'all next week. Bye. Bye. What do you like? A whole lot of foreplay right before you get these songs.